0: On paper, the BYU cornerback and safety positions appear to be the strongest on BYU's defense going into this fall. What are two of their studs in that secondary thinking of the unit itself and also how spring ball went? We'll let you hear from that. And the NFL draft really gets underway for BYU today. Let's talk about it.
1: You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you for being an everydayer with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto around these parts is your team every day, and as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. We've been spending the last week or so looking at each position group for BYU coming out of spring ball. My evaluation of what I thought of them going into the spring versus coming out, stock up, stock down, or neutral on how things go. So we'll talk about that, and then coming up here in just a little bit, you're going to hear from both Jacob Robinson as well as Malik Moore. I promised you guys that listened to yesterday's podcast, we'd have it for you. We'll get to that here momentarily. But let me first off just start off by saying I really think BYU secondary could be quite good this year for BYU. I know they had to turn over a lot in the cornerback position, but they went out and had the transfer portal lottery, it feels like, and a guy like Eddie Heckard coming in who understands Jay Hill's defense as well as anybody. We had him on this podcast one-on-one, and you heard him talk about the fact that he's been very, very helpful to a number of players. And he wasn't tooting his own horn. He wasn't sounding like brash or cocky about it. He just knows what Jay Hill's running. He understands the overall philosophy, the scheme, the concepts that this defense are going to be throwing out there. And he is able to go and show guys like Jacob Robinson, who you'll hear from here in just a minute, how he can best do his job. So I think that Eddie Heckard is going to lead BYU's corners. I think Jacob Robinson opposite him is going to be a fantastic running mate. Robinson is still quite skinny, but he is a very effective in his role. That's the thing about this. I I love a guy like that. He's not the biggest dude out there, but he's absolutely fearless. BYU does not win, or at least they they have a harder time winning that New Mexico bowl game if he doesn't get that form tackle on the SMU quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, in the final stanza of that game. It was a fantastic individual play by one of the smallest guys on the football field, but that's what I love about a guy like Jacob Robinson. So I think BYU, at the top of their cornerback uh, unit, are going to be very, very good with Heckard and jacob robinson i figure to be your one-two combo now we also saw during spring ball we also saw BYU put as many as three cornerbacks out there in nickel packages bringing Mori bomba onto the field Mori bomba is this enigma i feel like for byu fans you've heard many things about him he comes from tyler jr college down there in texas a guy who's got all the physical tools six 200 plus pounds can run like a deer he's got everything you want to be a prototypical cornerback can he put it all together in this defense for byu and if he can You've got three starting caliber corners right there waiting for you in BYU's defensive secondary at cornerback. I think that'd be very, very good to have at least three capable guys. But that doesn't mean that BYU's top heavy only has those three. I think they've also got some options uh, in uh, also Jaden Dunlap, who comes in from Cerritos junior college, a Juco transfer himself had a very quiet spring, all things considered. But uh, in some ways that's a good thing because he is a guy who's just kind of learning the scheme, getting up to speed, but he's a very high level player at the junior college level. And if he realizes his his potential, he makes BYU that much better. And then you also can't forget out some other names on BYU's uh, roster at cornerback. You can go down the list and look at him. Okay. Caleb Christensen. What can he offer? We'll see. Mark, Marcus McKenzie is one that I'm super excited for. Obviously, uh, one of the twin sons of former BYU running back Brian McKenzie. Marcus has got a great size. Six foot, 172 pounds, just a freshman coming off of a mission. And he's got all the speed in the world. This is one of the guys. Him and his brother were these track stars, uh, legit track stars in the state of Utah. And I expect that Marcus McKenzie, even though he had a slow spring, I slowed up a little bit due to some injury concerns. But if he gets back on the football field and shows what he's capable of doing during fall camp, there's no reason to think that he can't make a leap up the depth chart. He was actually, I thought, probably the number four guy until he got dinged in spring ball. So that's a positive for a guy like that. But you also can go down the list and look at other options out there. Quentin Rice was a guy that I was excited to see. He ended up spending spring ball in a big leg brace. I assume that's a pretty significant knee injury that he'll be having to rehab there, so it's unfortunate for him. But you also can't forget about guys like Jacob Boren in this mix as well. Boren was a guy we all know when he's been called upon has been a, a contributor for BYU's defense is he well down the depth chart at this point? Yeah, absolutely. The cornerback position, but that he brings quality depth to that position group. So I, I really like where BYU's corners are at. And I, I the one thing I will always uh, defer to is Gennaro Guilford and his ability to coach up his guys. He has been so good for so long, making sure that his guys understand the routes, the concepts, what he what he's trying to accomplish on defense, and they go out there and execute. So that's one thing I'm actually very very confident in going into this fall, is the BYU's cornerbacks, yes, they may not have the elite depth you want them to have quite yet, but they have a lot of depth pieces. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming, I'm expecting that Gennaro Guilford will get them coached up. Now, flipping over to the safeties here for a minute, we're going to combine these two. The safety position, I think, has got the elite depth you want it to have. Michael Harper and Malik Moore, I think, are a fantastic one-two combo as your starters. Now, uh, some of you reached out. We also talked about it at the end of spring ball. Michael Harper was in a knee brace at the end of spring ball, and it was a pretty big knee brace. But per Jay Hill, he had an injection in the knee to deal with apparently some uh, issue. I think he used the term arthritic or something like that, which is I, I'm not sure that you want to hear arthritic and a guy who's 20 years old, maybe younger than that, but Michael Harper is expected to be full go by the time training camp comes around, and if him and Malik Moore are truly uh, healthy and able to go out there and show out, the funny thing about this is they've both been on this uh, roster for three and four years, actually in the case of Malik Moore, five years now, but they've never played alongside one another each other due to combinations of injury and that type of stuff, but if they're on the field together, I think BYU's top two at safety are those two players, and I, I, that that's a fantastic one-two combo for me, because I I think they would be a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, kind of pair back there because they're great communicators. They got good speed. They're ball hawks. They understand everything that's going on, and they're able to call out to their teammates and make sure their teammates are in the best uh, position possible. Behind them, you've got a number of other options out there. I like guys like Ethan Slade, who is just a kind of a, a no-nonsense dude. He's a walk-on from Orem High School, but Slade continues to make plays when he's out there on the football field, especially in practice. What can he show? Is Taylon Alfrey? Uh, excuse me, not talent? Tal- and Alfre capable of making another leap this year. A guy that I was excited to see before he ruptured that Achilles his first season back with BYU. I think he's probably getting back to the point where Alfre is feeling a little bit more like himself. But the big wild card in all of this is a guy by the name of Chika Ebunoha. Now, may, some of you may know his name. He's a freshman from Tucson, Arizona. He redshirted this past year. Originally came in as a corner uh, playing uh, for Gennaro Guilford, but has now shifted to safety. The one thing I know about Chika Ebunoha and talking with people around the BYU football program is that he is a physical freak. What I mean by that is he is uh, six foot, one hundred and eighty pounds, but they say he is, runs faster, jumps higher, lifts heavier. He just he plays and looks and everything else bigger than he actually is. And they're super excited to see what he's capable of becoming in BYU secondary at the safety position. The, the, the sky is the limit for a guy like him. So I really look at the safety group, and I'm really really intrigued by it. You also have guys like Ty Burke, Raider DeMooney, who we talked about on yesterday. Podcast for those of you out in the mailbag. Raider DeMooney is a former four star prospect, 6'2, 210 pounds. What uh, what uh, Raider DeMooney looks like is what people describe Chica Ebunoha being able to cap- being capable of playing like, if that makes sense. 6'2, 210 is prototypical size for a safety in college football. Well, that's a guy like Raider DeMooney. Well, that could be four, or five, six guys potentially deep in the safety group for BYU who are capable of contributing. Because I didn't even mention guys like Tanner Wall, Crew Wakely, Peter, uh, Petey Pd Pelosi to on down the list there there are uh, preston rex also uh, also the younger brother of of, uh uh Isaac Rex, son of Byron Rex, Preston has shown some things as well. So the funny thing about this is the safety group might truly be the deepest on BYU's roster, but the sad part is you can only play maybe three of them at the very most, and that might be a combination of throwing out a guy like Micah Harper who has experience playing cornerback during his BYU career, remember back in the 2020 season, he started the vast majority of that season at cornerback. If you need to put him in the slot potentially to guard a wide receiver, he's capable of doing that, and then you can move Malik Moore, maybe Talon Alfrey out there and have a three safety alignment. So the combinations, the ability to adjust and throw different guys out there in different combinations for BYU secondary, I truly think will be their calling card. And I expected both of these position groups to be fairly good going into spring ball. But coming out of spring, uh, I'm actually pretty impressed. I I really think that they have shown everything you want. The nice part is Jay Hill has been coaching these guys up in the safety group. They understand exactly what they're going after. Uh, No offense to the previous staff, but at times it felt like the safeties were a little bit listless out out there on the back end of BYU's defense, just kind of like wandering around trying to figure out what's going on. They know exactly what is going on here, and you're going to hear from uh, two guys who understand what this defense is all about. The comparison last year to th- this year because both of them were starters on last year's defense and now are adjusting to this year's defense. And you're going to hear from them next, speaking of Malik Moore as well as Jacob Robinson. So we'll get to that conversation coming up here momentarily. First, a word on our friends over at Built Bar. If you want the best tasting protein bars in the world, my friend, you want the best snack in the world that's not going to break the bank, uh, so to say, when it comes to all the calories, the sugar, all that type of stuff, you got to try a Built Bar. They're absolutely incredible. They use the tagline, you got to try this, and I cannot encourage you guys enough to give them a shot. I had a phenomenal grasshopper cookie one yesterday, and I absolutely love my built bars. You guys who have been listening to this podcast every day, hear me talk and talk and talk about them. I'm dead serious about this. I love built Bars. This is no joke. They're covered 100% real, 100% real dark chocolate, but more importantly, the macros on these things are absolutely incredible. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein packed into each one of these. The best part is they taste amazing. They taste like a candy bar. I'm legitimately serious. They taste like a candy bar. And you can just go to built.com and place your order there. Get your custom order of whatever flavors you want at built.com. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order. Or if you need that, right now. Stop by your local Smith's and or Sam's Club today to pick up your Built Bars. The best part is they've got four bar packs available at Smith's and a 13 bar pack available at your local Sam's Club if you need to pick them up today. they got a number of flavors in those regards but if you do need a custom order, a flavor that may not be available in stores, get to Built.com. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order. So once again, that's lockedon 15 for 15% off your order at Built.com or stop by your local Smith's and or Sam's Club today and get into the best tasting protein bars with our friends at Built Bar. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day, my friends. Every dayers, Monday, we are going to talk BYU tight ends. Uh, It should wrap up our look back at all of BYU's uh, position groups, uh, my stock up versus stock down evaluation. And I I think stock up is on BYU safeties. We'll talk about tight ends on Monday, and you're also going to hear from Ethan Erickson. Now, Ethan had a pretty light uh, spring ball because of some injury concerns, but he's got some great thoughts on what he expects from BYU's offense, what he hopes to be able to contribute for BYU this year. We'll get to all that on Monday's show and also a recap of the NFL draft. We'll talk about the draft coming up here in just a minute as well. But uh, time now to let you guys hear an exclusive uh, one-on-two conversation or two-on-one conversation with Malik Moore and Jacob Robinson. Had a chance to catch up with them right at the end of BYU Spring Ball. Had a great chat about what they're making of this new defense for BYU as well as what they're expecting as they go into this season leading BYU secondary as well. Audio quality on this one just a little bit less than I would have liked it to be so just bear with me but without further ado here you go Malik Moore and Jacob Robinson on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Guys spring ball is in the books I'm start off with you Malik how do you think spring ball went for you personally?
2: It it's a lot of learning a lot of new um, a lot of installing and you know so everybody was on their P's and Q's, trying to get the new defense down trying to get everything you know going and situated and I think it all went good. We ended off spring ball strong, in my opinion. I think um, it was a good competition today. <clears throat> and uh, it was long, that's for sure. But, you know, <laughs>
0: spread it over five yeah. or six weeks, yeah. Yeah, but,
2: you know, we needed it. Like, with a time like this where we're going into a new conference and mm-hmm. new teams, we need, you know, the strain and we need to. Um, you know, do things right.
0: So. Now, J-Rob, you're in the secondary with Malik. What's your assessment of how spring ball went?
1: Uh, I think it went good. Mm-hmm. A lot of new changes. Um, fun. I like the defense a lot. It's been
0: fun. I wanted to ask you about that. How different is this defense than what you guys played in previous? Because I know you both have extensive experience in the previous defense.
1: Uh, I just say it's more aggressive. Okay. And uh, we can take a lot more chances and make more plays.
0: There was an unnamed player, and I was, at, I was at Pro Day. I think it was Pro Day. We were talking about They saw a, a corner blitz, and they turned and said, where was that in the playbook last year? Is that, is that what you're kind of talking about, like some of that, some of that aggressiveness, that, that ability to do stuff like that? Yeah,
1: we ran a little bit uh, more towards the end of the season. We ran corner blitzes. But... Yeah.
2: Don't expect a lot of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Hey, that, that that's fine. But Malik, you as a guy, I, I talked with you previously in spring ball, and you said that hey, your plan last year was to finish up and move on. Obviously, the hand injury forced you to come back. How do you think that you've improved in this spring ball versus maybe some of your previous ones?
2: Um, I think this this spring ball was a big emphasis on IQ. Mm-hmm. I think it was it wasn't more so like learn to play, get out there and just do it. It was learn your assignment, mm-hmm. learn what you know. Learn what Jacob's doing, so yeah. that it, you learn what he's doing. This is doing. You know, it's not just I. It was more of an IQ thing. It, sure. It was more like another. It, was, it really was another class, mm-hmm. in my opinion. That's how I, I kind of took it. But
0: uh, yeah. I, I know you talked to me. I remember asking you about this, and you said that you had to like essentially when you went up to a whiteboard, you had to drop every all eleven guys. You had to like be able to identify what this D line is doing, what that. How important is that for for you? Do you feel
2: like? Oh, it's important because it's like if 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 the D line is you know. Blitzing A A gap and B gap, mm-hmm. then we know that the C gap's gonna be left open. So that's gonna be that's gonna that's gonna give us time to sure. react and react properly mm-hmm. with a good angle, you know, to where the ball's going. And I think that's the yeah. most important thing is how fast can we get all eleven guys rallying to the ball and that's the way to do it, you know. know, know what everybody's doing, know where the weakness in the defense is and learn where the strengths in the defense are. So um, yeah.
0: Jacob, how important was it to have, like, Eddie Heckard, who knows this defense, for you?
1: Yeah, that's nice. Uh, sometimes, G, like, because if he doesn't know. Uh, Nobody knows? His meetings, yeah. <laughs> and he can ask Eddie, and Eddie can explain to everyone. So it's nice.
0: Okay. How, what do you think his chief strength is as a corner? Like, what, what have you seen from him that you like most? Uh
1: He's super strong. He's faster than he looks. Yeah, he's so, yeah, he can. I think he can run with about anyone. Mm-hmm. And um, if he gets his
2: hands on the moon,
1: it's wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> Malik, you agree? Yeah,
0: for sure.
2: <laughs> is dope, bro. I love it.
0: You know. How, like, because guy, guys like that—he's he was well established up there at Weber State. We're talking an All-American, team captain type guy. How, did he come in and just essentially fit in seamlessly, in your opinion? I asked you, I asked you that, Malik.
2: No, yeah. I mean, because. Eddie, um, you you might think that Eddie, you know, doesn't want to talk to you or you know, but it's just he's just a calm, cool, collected dude. You know, like he just handles his business. You know, he doesn't really say a lot, but if you get to know him, he's really goofy. It's funny. You know, he's he he could be the life of where of the event that we're. You know what I mean? So Eddie just brings another an aspect to BYU that you know we may not have had in the past.
0: Um, <laughs> kind of unique yeah, like,
2: he was walk past you without talking but then it's like when he you see him again he gonna say something stupid see, you know <laughs> like you know okay. so it's cool you can, you kind of gotta once you if he's hard to read but once you know him it's good you know
0: it's just there's a there's a learning curve to Eddie as, you
2: know, it's like well, if you know you know
0: okay fair enough all right I can <laughs> I can respect that I want to ask you about Jay Hill I know that Jay's your position coach Malik uh, but what has Jay been like as a coach <laughs> I'm sorry. You're fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, Jay's been good, man. Jay here. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you. <laughs>
0: That's okay. <laughs> no,
2: no, that it's <laughs> that okay. Yeah, I love you, dog. I love you. Yeah, we got to We got to I got. I got him a little mad today, but. Uh oh. I love you. I love you, Jay Hill. That's all I got to say. Uh, Jay Hill, know I love him. He loves me. We're oh. going big happy family. Okay, that's <laughs> what we. Uh, <laughs> smart man.
0: Very diplomatic answer. I will give you that. You know,
2: yeah. hey, you got to keep it political, right? Uh, absolutely.
0: Uh, J. Rob, you're working with the lone defensive coach who was a holdover from the last staff and Coach G. Uh, Gennaro. Jannaro. Uh, has anything changed with him and I, I, I know he's kind of his own guy too but
1: um, I, yeah, I think a little bit has changed he's a lot more um, he's on everyone's head I feel like, okay especially the younger guys I feel like last year he wasn't as like strict with everyone but for dropping picks you got to do push-ups okay he wasn't like that last year so yeah,
0: he's a, demanding accountability yeah, then
2: yeah. he's demanding a lot period.
0: Um, is is I, I, it's just in my conversation? It feels like that's a thing. that's new thing across in our defensive I, staff.
2: What I don't, what I want, what I don't want to get misconstrued is this though. Uh-huh. A lot of people say a lot of things are different. You know, this and that. Like, I don't want that. I don't want people to think that the old coaches weren't doing the same things. Sure. So you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's it's just a lot of a lot of things that just weren't emphasized are being emphasized now. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and who knows? Because if these old coaches were here, they probably they would be doing. The, probably the same thing that mm-hmm. our new coaches are doing because yeah. of the situation. You know, yeah. so I don't want people to think that
1: there's just a couple little tweaks.
2: Yeah, that's that all it is. it a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's, some emphasis that's it's different. Yeah, so yeah. don't. Yeah, Preston Hadley, Coach Lamb, they yeah. all they all emphasize the same things. It's just yeah. now it's at a bigger level, and people want to know what's being emphasized because of the, you know because of the Big 12. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't get yeah. Just don't get misconstrued about the other coaches. They're good guys and good coaches. They're going to
0: do well I at mean, North Colorado Colorado. In Colorado, yeah. I got two more questions for you guys. So one of them relates to the previous staff versus what's coming in this year. We've seen those tackling donuts, the the, the circle that you guys are tackling. How often have you guys tackled in the spring ball? It seems like a lot based on what I've seen. It's
2: a lot, <laughs> more than what we have done. You know, three uh-huh. years. Yeah, insane. <laughs> it was a lot of tackling, a lot of yeah, a lot.
0: And then now with regards to what you guys do moving forward here, you mentioned the Big 12. How excited are you guys to be in the Big 12?
2: I mean, for me, it don't matter. It's my, it's my first and last year. You know? okay. I'm just going to go out there and ball out. It's a new opportunity to mm-hmm. play against a lot of P5 schools, you know, which will give us, you know, better looks in the NFL. So, you know, but it's another game, you know. We got Sam Houston first. Yeah. I'm going to treat them like they Kansas and Texas.
1: Okay. Know? J-Rob, your thoughts? Yeah, I'd say same thing. I think it's just going to be a bigger – of uh, competition, so okay. it's going
0: us to play harder. There you go. BYU safety, Malik Moore, as well as cornerback, Jacob Robinson, a big thank you to both of them for taking the time to join us here on the podcast. And you heard him talk about, it. they were a little bit defensive of the philosophy last year with BYU's defense, but at the same time, acknowledge the struggles that they had last year as well. And I, I felt it was a very fair uh, uh, conversation between them. I actually really appreciated some of their insight. Uh, that was uh, unprompted. That's the thing about this. I, I love when guys are willing to kind of give context and add uh, pieces to the conversation that I honestly may not have known about. So a big thank you to both of them for taking the time and I very much look forward to seeing both of those guys have big seasons this year for BYU. Malik has got one season to get it right. He had hopes of being headed to the NFL uh, in this NFL draft but had that hand injury, the broken hand that cost him uh, two-thirds of the season last year. He is back for a super senior season and expects to have a much bigger year than he did a year ago and I for one expect him to have a similar type output. And the nice part with Jacob Robinson, he's still got some time on his hand he can continue to develop but he's already become a very good cornerback and he's only gonna get better it feels like as time progresses in this BYU defense so once again a big big ups to both of them for hopping on the show all right coming up here in just a minute look at a week look at the weekend ahead the NFL draft continues tonight I think it's when it really starts for BYU that's why I delayed talking about it until today's show we'll get to that and also look at what else is going on in BYU sports we'll get to all of that as we continue on right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast Thank you once again for making locked on cougars your first listen today thank you for making us a part of your routine whenever you listen and or watch us cannot thank you guys enough for your continued support of the podcast if you'd like to advertise with the show we would love nothing more than to work with you guys represent your brand your company or your product please reach out locked at gmail.com we'll get you in touch with our sales team and we'll get you on the road to advertising success in the podcast sphere it's a really really fun venture and I uh, could not uh, how do I say that right I would love nothing more more than to work with you guys if you would like to work with me. I'll, I'll just I'll put it out that way. So locked on byu at gmail.com is the email address. All right, the NFL draft. The first 31 picks are in the bag as of last night. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, the former Utah star, got taken by the Buffalo Bills and not surprised at all that he was a first-round draft pick. But I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. I think that BYU will see their first guy taken off the board in the first half of tonight's uh, two rounds. I think that Blake Freeland very easily could end up in the second round of this draft. At the very worst, I expect him to be taken by the end of tonight. I could be completely wrong about that, but everything I'm reading and my gut feeling is that he is a second-round prospect. Offensive tackles, this skill set is so highly coveted in the NFL for guys who can project to being high-level players at the offensive tackle, particularly at the left tackle position. And a guy like Blake Freeland, I think, is going to have NFL teams knocking down his door. He told the Deseret News, Jay Drew, that he uh, he said, truthfully, I've got no idea. Projections anywhere between the second and the fourth rounds. I think if he is still on the board in the fourth round, he's going to be an absolute steal for a team. But uh, I'm going to guess that he goes in the second round tonight. and We'll see. I'll, I'll uh, recap all of what happens in the draft on our Monday edition of the show for you every day or is out there but the nice part is I think that he's going to go fairly high I'm, ex- I'm I've got this feeling that Jaron Hall You're going to see him go off the board pretty early on day three, speaking of tomorrow. I think rounds four or five is is starting to where I see uh, quarterbacks get picked up again. And teams that I would love to see these guys land with, for example, I am an unabashed 49ers fan. You guys probably see it on YouTube. I've got that 49ers hat. I'm pointing right to it right there. I'd love nothing more than to see Blake Freeland as BYU, uh, not BYU, as the San Francisco 49ers right tackle for right now. As Trent Williams gets a little bit older, that's when you move him to left tackle. Getting him in the third round, which would uh, kind of nullify my prediction for Blake Freeland but if I can get the 49ers to pick Blake Freeland I would love it. A guy like Jaron Hall, I'd love to see him end up with the Indian Indianapolis Colts and you're probably saying Jake, what in the world? They picked Anthony Richardson last night. Anthony Richardson is the biggest boom or bust pick in this NFL draft at quarterback in my mind. He could absolutely become the next Josh Allen the next big thing at quarterback but he's just as easy, uh, just it feels just as capable of being a bust for the Indianapolis Colts and they have been linked to a guy like Jaron Hall in this draft. Could he be the Kirk Cousins to Anthony Richardson's Robert Griffin III for those of you who are Washington Redskins now Washington Commanders fans? If you recall, uh, RG3 was the first round pick of the Commanders. Then uh, they took uh, Kirk Cousins later on in the draft. RG3 gets hurt. Kirk Cousins takes off and Kirk has made so much money uh, playing for both the Commanders and obviously the Minnesota Vikings now. And uh, Jaron Hall is going to have to find a good spot for himself and it feels like a uh, guy like Shane Steichen who's doing a really, really good work with the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts could do a lot worse than having a guy like Jaron Hall on his roster. Now, there are plenty of other teams out there that could use a a guy like Jaron Hall, uh, a team that I love to hate, the Seattle Seahawks. is a great spot for him there to be Geno Smith's backup potentially in Seattle. I'd love to see that happen, but I expect that Jaron Hall is probably a fourth or fifth round pick, and I think Puka Nakua is probably coming off in the sixth or seventh round, and I truly believe if Puka is right and finds himself in the right situation, he will easily Outperform that draft position. He will perform, I think, more as a fourth round pick. If given the right situation and the right opportunity. I just think that his injury history at BYU is going to knock him down. I expect to see him in the 6th and 7th rounds. And I'm also going to throw this out there. If a team is going to take a flyer on any other BYU player in the draft, it's going to be Caleb Hayes. He'll be a 7th round pick, I think, the very tail end of the draft. Uh, maybe like a guy, like Mr. Irrelevant type pick, just because a team saw his pro day uh, uh, stats and said, man, that's just a freak athlete. Let's see what we can get for him. It's a relatively low risk deal to bring him in on a seventh-round deal. But a guy like Caleb Hayes could make BYU have four draft picks in this year's draft, and it would be a phenomenal output for the Cougars. The other part about it is there's going to be a number of guys who get free agent deals. Guys like Harris Lachance, I feel like, will get a look uh, via undrafted free agent territory. I hope Houston Haymouli gets a chance at fullback in that realm. Uh, There's a number of other guys down the list. Peyton Wilgar, Joe Tukuafu. I hope all of them get the opportunity to continue their playing career in one form or fashion. And some of them may ultimately have to land in one of these spring leagues, playing for the XFL or the USFL, which have a number of former Cougars playing in them right now. The USFL's got Corbin Kafusi, Troy Warner, uh, Diane Lake, has pl- uh, Diane Gonwolaku. I probably should pronounce that correctly. They're all playing in the USFL right now. We saw Tijan Karoma. He is with the uh, Seattle, uh, what are they called? The Seattle uh, Sea Dragons. Is that what they are? Uh, they are uh, in the XFL playoffs. There's a number of former Cougars having opportunities to play professional football, albeit not in the NFL, and I could see some of these guys, if they don't get the look they're getting uh, or they feel like they should be getting from the NFL coming out of this draft via the undrafted free agent territory or workout opportunity, uh, try, tryout opportunities, is what I should say. I could see them potentially uh, landing with the XFL or the USFL to continue their playing career, but uh, I just hope all of them are able to continue their playing career if they so desire. And that's the that's the nice part about this is it appears that uh, three or four of these guys are truly going to be roster guys in the NFL and I'm speaking of the top 3 easily Blake Freeland, Jaron Hall, Puka I fully expect all 3 of them to be on 53 man rosters going into next season in the NFL and I think Caleb Hayes if he ends up ends up getting taken in the 7th round that means a team it, thinks he's capable capable of being a roster type player and We'll see what happens, but I'm looking forward to the NFL draft. I always enjoy watching it. It's just one of those things. I'm kind of a nerd for stuff like this, but I hope you guys will enjoy the opportunity to sit down and watch these former Cougars get their opportunity to go out and live their dreams, and we'll recap it all on our Monday edition of the show. Now, a couple other quick notes uh, is a big congratulations to BYU Baseball. They clinched their ninth straight, a home-winning record uh, via an 8-7 to seven walk-off win last night, and they, it came by way of a steal of home, and that that doesn't very happen very often uh, for BYU baseball or in the baseball ranks as a whole. Really cool stuff. Tate Gamble came home on a wild pitch uh, to win it for BYU, uh, beating Portland 8-7, to as I said, in 10 innings last night. That series will continue tonight, uh, 6 o'clock first pitch. Tomorrow first pitch is set for 1 o'clock. If you want to get out to Miller Park and enjoy BYU baseball. But uh, they are one of the hottest hitting teams in the West Coast Conference, if not the entire country right now. Speaking of BYU baseball, and if you have an opportunity to go out and watch it, it the sports season's kind of winding down around here in BYU land with uh, the winter semester ending. But there's still an opportunity to watch BYU softball, BYU baseball. Uh, track and field as well, uh, getting towards the end of their season, but they're still competing as well. So best of luck to all those athletes this week as they continue uh, their seasons as well. And by the way, another quick shout out. If you guys are BYU students, athletes, etc., who are graduating this week during uh, BYU commencement, cannot congratulate you guys enough. That's awesome. Uh, Just a tip tip of the cap to all of you Cougars who are graduating this week. If you have a family member, a friend, uh, I don't know, a significant other who is graduating, uh, just Pass along my congratulations to all of them uh, via digital means. I I cannot uh, express how cool it is to see people uh, going to BYU, living their dream of being a student there. And obviously, as BYU says, the world is our campus. They go out into the world and do a lot of good. I've got dear, dear friends who are spread around spread out around this entire country. Uh, a couple of them actually international right now, who I met at BYU. I'm still very close to from my time in Provo. Uh, it's a great, great time. So uh, congratulations to all of you on making it through and graduating, getting that paper, getting that that degree in hand. All right, so there you go. That is going to wrap up today's edition of the podcast. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. I'll hop on to do some shorts as uh, BYU players get taken in the NFL draft as quickly as I am capable of doing. We'll recap all that on Monday. So make sure you're in every day and join us right here on locked on Cougars every single day. And a big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day until tomorrow, my not tomorrow until Monday, my friends have a great weekend. This has been the locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.